From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord, publishers and ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the greater Nashville area, in the heart of Middle Tennessee, with Tennessee and the world at heart, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. I'm so pleased that you've joined us today, and I hope you'll stay with me for the next 15 minutes or so. We're going to have some good things for you. Yesterday, we started looking at Psalm 37, and we have a number of days that we're going to be looking at the particular subjects that are dealt with in that great chapter. Yesterday, we looked at all three of those statements that tell us to not fret, not worry, don't be anxious. And uh, today, we're going to look at another topic, and we'll be reading verse number three in the chapter. And I trust that you'll join us. If you have an open Bible, just open it up, and we'll spend some time there momentarily. Let me remind you, the National Sword of the Lord Conference is set for July 17 through 20 in Walkertown, North Carolina. And I hope that you'll make your plans to be with us July 17 through the 20th. Put it on your calendar, and we'll talk more about it as we get closer to it. But we believe you'll be blessed, you'll be helped, you'll enjoy the National Sword of the Lord Conference. Now let's look at Psalm 37 and reading verse number 3. That verse says, Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. We have two instructions here in this verse, and it tells us plainly that we are to trust in the Lord. And then when it says, do good, it's talking about how we behave, how we handle things, what we do with ourself once we have come to the Lord, once we have trusted the Lord, what are we to do next? Well, one of the ways we express that is simply trust and obey. You know, with an old carnal nature, none of us are going to be as good as we ought to be unless we follow the Lord, unless we obey what He tells us. Now, I know there are a lot of folks who have an aversion to taking instructions. In fact, uh, very clearly, I hear it from a lot of folks along the way. It's like, well, if you're telling me that I ought to do this or do that, then they say, now listen, this is not true, but they say that you are a legalist if you have any kind of instructions to give. Now, honestly, if you are a legalist, that means you're doing what you do in order to be saved. If you do what you do because you are saved, that's a whole different matter. And that's the way the Bible lays it out. We follow instructions. We are obedient to the Lord, not because we are doing and doing and doing in order to be saved, but because we are saved, because we have a Savior, because we want to honor the Lord who has loved us enough to take us into his family. So we have the instruction here, first of all, to trust the Lord, and it's repeated in this chapter. In fact, three times it's stated. In verse 5, the second part of the verse says, Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. See, every one of these has a promise with it. Down in verse number 40, right at the end of the verse, it says that the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. So there's something really special to be said about trusting the Lord. Now, let's look at the second part of this. When it talks about doing good, 
It means simply that we're going to honor the Lord and listen to him and follow him, be obedient to what he tells us. In other words, take orders from him. And that's why in this third verse, when it says, and do good, we're listening. And then we drop down to verse 27, where it says, depart from evil and do good and dwell forevermore. So it's telling us once again, do good. What's it talking about? It's talking about avoiding the wrong things and doing the right things. Then one more place in verse 31, it tells us the law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. So that simply means there are things that the Lord would have us to do. His law is laid out before us, and that is in the heart of the person who is trusting the Lord. So these two things go together, trusting and obeying. Now, whenever we consider this, we need to be sure we get it right. And I don't mean to be just unduly repetitious, but I want to be sure that we get this right. Nobody gets saved by their obedience. We get saved by putting our trust, our confidence, whenever we determine that we cannot help ourselves and we are instead going to put our faith, our full trust in the Lord Jesus. He takes us in. But then once we are in, just like when a new baby is born in your family, you start the process of tutoring them and maturing them, raising them up so that they can function in a mature fashion as an adult. And that is exactly what the Lord wants to do. That's why he tells us we're to grow in Christ, we're to grow in our faith, we're to develop and strengthen ourselves as we go. And you and I do not have the wherewith in ourselves to do that. We do not know what we need to know. We do not have the wisdom to do that. All of that we need to lean on the Lord for, and he will give us instruction about how to do things. So what we have here when we talk about trusting and obeying are specific orders that are reflecting on the Lord as Savior and as Lord. Trusting Him, that reflects on Him as Savior. When we obey Him, that's reflecting on Him as Lord. As Savior, He forgives us. We're sinners, but He forgives our sin. He atones for us. He provides for us what we need so that we can have salvation free of charge. He pays the whole price for that. That's the reason why we sing, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. And we do owe him because he has atoned for us. He redeems us. He buys salvation. He purchases salvation for us. And then he regenerates us. I'm talking about as Savior. He does all of this. He regenerates us, meaning he provides new life for us. He gives us a new heart, a new spirit, a new life. And then we say he saves us. That is, he rescues us from the burning hell that we would go to otherwise once we have died. And all of that because he wants to birth us into his family. That's the reason why he said to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, you must be born again. He's wanting to birth us into the family of God. So he does all of that for us as Savior. And then as Lord, once we are saved, here's what he does. He leads us. Every one of us need leadership, and the Lord provides that for us. And in so doing, he guides us. He gives us directions about where to put our feet, where to plant our life, how to administer ourselves along the way. 
And uh, listen, you and I can count on him. That's why we have the Bible. We have so many instructions there that will help us. And we have to know that as Lord, he will order our way. That's why here in verse uh, number 23, we find the scripture saying, the steps of a good man, that would be an obedient man, that man, his steps are ordered by the Lord. You say, well, I don't know whether I want to take orders or not. Well, when you get right with God, whenever you get out of your backslidden state, whenever you decide that carnality is not the way you want to go, the verse goes on to say, and he, that is the good man, delighteth in his way, that is in God's way. And so it's a matter of us following the Lord and doing so delightfully and letting him order up our path. So as Lord, he leads, he guides, he orders, he warns. Yes, he gives us warnings along the way. There's a a significant amount of things where he just simply tells us, don't go there. Do not do that. And whenever the Lord says, don't, you and I ought to pay attention, and we ought not to go down that trail. Not only that, but he comforts us along the way. There are times when we're hurt. There are times whenever we have burdens that we cannot handle on our own. And whenever we look to the Lord, he always is our comforter, and he provides for us every step of the way along the way. Now, how we respond to all of this that the Lord wants to do as Savior and as Lord, how we respond to that is very, very important. You know, we have a song in the hymnal called Trust and Obey, and that song says it all so very well. And you'll remember it says, when we walk with the Lord, In the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. Verse 2 says, Not a shadow can rise, not a cloud in the skies, but his smile quickly drives it away. Not a doubt or a fear, not a sign nor a tear can abide while we trust and obey. Verse 3 says, Not a burden we bear nor a sorrow we share, but our toil he doth richly repay. Not a grief, nor a loss, not a frown, nor a cross, but is blessed if we trust and obey. Verse 4 says, But we never can prove the delights of his love until all on the altar we lay. For the favor he shows and the joy he bestows are for them who will trust and obey. Verse 5 says, Then in fellowship sweet we will sit at his feet, or we'll walk by his side in the way. What he says we will do, where he sends we will go, never fear, only trust and obey. And of course, the chorus says, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. This is a double-barreled solution to your happiness, dear friend. When you trust the Lord, you get birthed into his family. And if you begin to follow him and obey him, therein is the secret to a happy life. So I ask you the question, do you want to be happy? I mean, I think it's a good question. Do you want your life to turn out well? Do you want a happy existence along the way? Well, let me ask you a second question. Do you want to be right with the Lord? It's a simple matter. It's a matter of trusting and obeying. You must not order your own life. You must not bow up your back and just say, I'm going to do what I want to do, and I'm not going to tell anybody anything other than that. I just want to do what I want to do. Well, listen, when you and I trust him and obey him, there are several areas that we need to do that. We need to do that spiritually. 
That's talking about getting in the family of God, getting birthed in, being born again, not just joining a church somewhere, not just going through a ceremony like baptism or communion and doing that in some kind of a rote fashion, but rather getting truly born again by putting your trust in the Savior. So spiritually, you need to trust him and obey him, and morally, you need to trust him and obey him. The fact is, the Ten Commandments are still in vogue. They've not been revoked, and there are other instructions in the Bible morally. Read the book of Proverbs. You'll find a bunch of them. And then when you make decisions, what about the decisions that you make? Sometimes we can make decisions that are just way away from what the Lord would have us to do. And whenever you make decisions, you need to do so trusting the Lord and believing Him and following Him, obeying Him. Uh, What about discerning things? There are issues that come up all the time that we have to look at it and say, well, is that right? Is it wrong? Is it good or is it bad? The spiritual discernment that the Lord can give to you once you become a trusting and obedient Christian, that is something that will be a blessing to you. I mean, in raising your family, thinking about your marriage, the relationship with your spouse, the relationship with your children and the rest of your family, all of those kinds of things are enhanced by trusting and obeying the Lord. Think about your business, how you conduct business, the people that you deal with. Think about your demeanor of kindness and all of the things that the Lord would have you to do and how you conduct your life and the way that you are as a person individually. Trusting and obeying, it is the key to success, it is the key to happiness, and it is the way that you and I should go. And this verse says we're to trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. Great passage. We're going to look at some more of these tomorrow, and I trust you'll join me again as we work through Psalm 37. In the meantime, I'd love to hear from you, and I hope you'll write me a note sometime soon and tell me that you're hearing the broadcast, and if it's being a blessing, we'd love to hear it. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Until tomorrow, God bless you, have a good rest of the day, and goodbye for now.